welcome to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We really hope that you'll be blessed by this week's encouraging message. So good to look out and see everybody who I can see with these lights. <laughs> this is a fun day. I'll give everyone a few more seconds to get in their seats. Let's see, so you got... Good. Okay. What a great day. What a subdued crowd, you know? <laughs> what a somber morning. Yeah. Oh, amen. This is a historic day. If you're new with us, you're literally coming in on something um, that we are celebrating uh, what God has done and what God is doing in the next season. So you're joining right in this with us. This is an amazing day. I, my team keeps making fun of me for saying it because there are historic days in the life of a church. Yeah, and this is a historic day. Um, and I just want to share just a few things before I really turn it over to Pastor Ralph to uh, bring us home here. But um, I think of today, and I woke up this morning just feeling God is looking down, smiling on this today. Like, I think God loves when there's healthy transition, there's love in the family. You know, God's probably going to be looking down, laughing at times today. Is stuff that has on. I'm sure he already has. <laughs> God laughs. God laughs. Um, but I want to say just a few things before we really kick it off here. Ralph and Wanda, I just want to just honor you guys and just say mission accomplished. Well done. Well done, you know. It's awesome. Very much. Um, I want to just mention a few things individually for each person, for both of you guys. Um, I just want to say to just thank you, you know, just for your tremendous humility. Anyone that knows you guys knows you're very humble. Um, you always do what's best for the whole and best for people. You know, uh, I want to thank you for your servant hearts. You know, if anyone knows you guys, you guys are servants, and you epitomize that, the, that word, servant, servant-hearted. Thank you for keeping the theme, the love of God and God's love. I think I remember back decades of Ralph's first messages ever uh, was always about the love of God, being overwhelmed by the love of God, and that's you guys, you, you walk that message, you know. Uh, I want to thank you for living kingdom life so well and setting a good example for all of us and what it looks like to live kingdom life well. So you guys have done an awesome job. Thank you for setting an example for us to follow. You know, there's a saying that things aren't ta uh, caught, they're, or they're not taught, they're caught, right? So I think we've caught the essence of kingdom life by watching you, by being with you, you know? Uh, so anyone who spent time with you guys, we've picked it up, and we, hopefully it's something we all carry forward. Um, so Wanda, I want to just call you up just to, you know, you know, I know you don't want to, just come stand right here. <laughs> but I, I just really, we felt in our hearts that we wanted to do this. Um, for those of you who don't know, Wanda has been serving for years down in the children's ministry, in the gold, it's our gold mine, we call it a children's ministry. Um, and it's often like a, a hidden ministry. You know, you, we don't always, always know what's going on down there. Even though there's like a church happening down there, even today, all, if you didn't notice, all the kids are downstairs. It's like its own church service down there. Um, 
And this is a, just a beautiful picture of Wanda with kids and with the children. And this is one of the ways we remember you and your impact here is pouring into our kids. And as a real mom, just love you love well. You pour out your love so well. So we wanted to honor you with that. And, uh, and I just want to thank you on behalf of uh, the moms and dads here that you've uh, welcomed and loved our kids so well. I, I can remember times of that, you know, transition, those pre-K years of the kids being unsure and they walk in that room and see JoJo's face. How many moms and dads have experienced that? And, uh, you know, a, as a mom, I thank you for loving, loving our kids as well as you have. It's, it's a beautiful thing. So we wanted to honor you with this plaque. This picture that you see behind you, uh, we, we framed that. And we also have a plaque and it says, Wanda Van Auken, thank you for many years of love, care, and leadership for our New Hope kids. The next generation of world changers will never be the same. Those we're actually going to put downstairs in the children's wing just to honor her. And that's going to be up there for, you know, next generation to see. And just uh, when they walk by it, it's, you're always going to be remembered. You're always in our hearts. So that's cool. I just want to say a few things um, just for Ralph, too. And um, yeah, I know. I could, this could take a long time. But I'm very disciplined. Um, 35 years Ralph and Wanda have been at New Hope. 30, oh, right? 35 years? 32, to be exact. Okay, I like rounding up to the nearest fifth integer. Um, 15 years on staff. Seven years as senior pastor, right? And then the rest is different roles, associate pastor, uh, family pastor. Um, if you're new here, you really, it's hard to appreciate the role that Ralph stepped into as a staff person at New Hope. And he pastored during a very difficult time. Uh, and it wasn't an easy time, and it wasn't an easy assignment. Um, but you wouldn't know it by watching Ralph work, because <laughs> Ralph loved it. Um, but, I mean, there were times 15-plus years ago that people didn't know if this church would make it. And that was the position that Ralph stepped into. And he brought a lot of healing to the staff, and uh, him and Mark and, and Wanda and all those who were involved. And um, I think we really, really always need to remember that, that Ralph is a servant stepped into something that wasn't easy, but he brought a lot of healing to it, and you brought transformation, and you helped change the culture. Um, many times, people don't know this, Ralph, back in those years, offered to drive a school bus to help lighten the financial burden at New Hope. I mean, he would have done whatever was needed. Um, so I think um, that just speaks to who you are. Ralph's unique in a lot of ways, in many ways. Uh, heart for worship, when I think of you, and just a huge heart for worship. Um, and that was his preparation for leadership. You know, it was 20 years before he took a job at New Hope, he was singing, worshiping in a delivery truck all over Rochester, singing the praises of God, crying in his work truck, being ministered to by the presence of God at work, driving around for 20 years. 
right? I mean, that was preparation, like David being out in the, the, the wilderness tending sheep. Ralph's was his work truck and in uh, and, and life in the church. Um, the only pastor that I've ever heard of that tore his Achilles tendon at worship practice, worshiping to a song. <laughs> Tim, you were here. You remember that. Uh, the stage was right over there. I was playing piano. Tim, I think you were on drums. I remember the song we were playing. It was like leaping and dancing like a gazelle worshiping the Lord. Ralph got so into it, he started at that back exit sign, ran all the way up like a pole vaulter, jumped to try to worship, came down. We did not see him for about a half an hour. I thought he went out under the presence of the Lord. We were just continued playing, worshiping. We're like, God is moving so powerfully right now. Wow. But that's like that to me sums up Ralph and worship, just totally uninhibited love for God, big abandonment. Yes, even to his own Achilles tendon. Uh, but the reality is, yeah, a deep friendship. So, Ralph, I thank you, too, for your deep friendship. Um, always loyal, always having our backs, always an advocate. You know, if you ever met with Ralph, you always felt like he was your advocate. You, you've been our advocate for 30 years, since before we were married, when I was a little teenager, uh, to right up to now, you know, through with our kids. Our kids love, love you. Um, you've been uh, just shared every season of our lives, both of you guys with us, so... Uh, so we love you. You'll always be in our hearts. Um, and we, I really feel like it's an exciting thing because we get to follow the example that you guys have laid out for us as a church and as people. You know, you've showed us how to love. And now we get to do it and be like you guys. So give Ralph a nice welcome as he comes up and shares. You could imagine the emotion, right? Oh, my goodness. Just got to soak this up a minute. Well, welcome. Welcome to New Hope. Welcome to our church family. We have so many. Wanda and I have so many special, loved, deep, incredible people who are here who have come and uh, from far and near friends and family and just treasures so could we say that the richest thing in the kingdom of God is the eternal relationships that we get to develop and grow in, right? Yes. Yeah. And we get to love people. Yeah. All people. Yeah. And we get to develop friendships that are deep and everlasting and meaningful. And the richest thing, you know, uh, everybody who knows Wanda and I, you know, one of my favorite top five movies ever is It's a Wonderful Life. And Wanda and I have had a wonderful life. And we have, it's not over. It's not over. This isn't my memorial. This isn't my memorial service. How amazing was Ralph. He was so kind. We've had a wonderful life, and we're still going to have a wonderful life. Too many thank yous, too many people to highlight, because it would be a disaster for those 
who we didn't highlight, but obviously Steve and Joy and their family and the whole leadership team here at New Hope. Thank you for your love and for the whole family. You know, every member of the body doing their part. Um, we're overwhelmed. So all we can say is, just even walking around and seeing guests who've come and people who've come, just thank you. We love you and we thank you for being part of our lives and part of our journey. All right? So enough of that stuff. Come on now. Let's laugh a little bit. Can we laugh a little bit? Because part of my whole heart is, you know, we better be enjoying this thing. We're going to enjoy God. We're going to, my message today is titled, Bethy, I got the title, Enjoy God, Please. (laughs) Enjoy God, Please. And I love when the Lord guides us and shows us things. You know, he's a father. He reveals himself to us. However, God is good, and he's a father, and he reveals things. You know, I love when he speaks to us, and he shows us things. And, you know, God can bring correction. He brings instruction. And um, a little while ago, the, you know, the Lord can be intimately involved in our life, and he showed me. He said, Ralph, you're drinking too much coffee. That's what he showed me. And he said, I want you to limit yourself to one cup of coffee a day. So, you know, I said, Lord, you are so good and so kind. I said, I will totally... I will totally, I said, Lord, thank you so much for that instruction. And this is the cup that he had me pick out. One cup a day. That's how fun God is. You know, pastors love when the saints show up to church. If you didn't know that, Mary, thank you, Mary. We, we want you to show up because this is community time. 168 hours in a week. We get to share a Duke community. This is a place we get to encourage, love, laugh, do life together, and then we get to go out and influence our world and touch people's lives. But, I mean, I like going to church, but a pastor said, you know, to, he was getting a little upset. People weren't showing up. And he said to his friend, he said, you know, you need to join the army of the Lord. And his, friend, his friend said, Pastor, I'm already in the army of the Lord. And the pastor questioned him a little bit. He said, well, how come I only see you on Christmas and Easter? He said, he said Pastor, I'm in the secret service. <laughs> he, he's stealth. He's just, he's just doing things stealth-wise. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't be here today without doing my favorite things, our, our church signs and church bulletin bloopers. The highlight reel. So I got a few of them that I just got to, you know, get everybody laughing a little bit. During the absence of our pastor, this, these are all, okay, so if you don't know this, we have church bulletins and little information things we put out even on the website now. These are little things, and you know, I found these on the internet, so you know they're all true. Because <laughs> as we know, everything on the internet is true, right? But during the absence of our pastor, we enjoyed the rare privilege of hearing a good sermon when J.F. Stubbs <laughs> supplied our pulpit. This one applies to me today. The pastor will preach his farewell message after which the choir will sing Break Forth Into Joy. <laughs> don't, let, don't let worry kill you off. Let the church help. Don't you hate when people, it's a, it's a bad one, but like, you know, this, 
the church is just going to help kill you. you know, it's, uh, we, don't want to be, that's, we don't want that to be the case. We want to... Weight Watchers will meet at 7 p.m. today. Please use the large double doors at the side entrance. <laughs> Who wrote that one? <laughs> at the evening service tonight, the, ser- the sermon topic will be, What is Hell? Come early and listen to our choir practice. <laughs> I love that one. Some churches have a morning and evening service. This was the sermon this morning will be Jesus walks on water. And the sermon tonight will be searching for Jesus. (laughs) The peacemaking meeting scheduled for today has been canceled due to a conflict. And not last but least, but this is one of my favorites, which gets a little risky. (laughs) The ladies' Bible study will be held Thursday morning at 10 a.m. All ladies are invited to lunch in the fellowship hall after the BS is done. (laughs) What? The Bible study, come on. (laughs) The BS is done. So hopefully, hopefully you've learned to laugh in church. This has been quite a journey. It's been quite an opportunity, a lot of reminiscing, a lot of memories, a lot of relationships and friends, a lot of stuff going on. I want to share just a tiny little thing that happened this week. But I felt like the Lord said, talk about it because I love my kids and I love people. And everybody in anticipation has been so gracious and so kind. So this isn't on anybody. So I don't want my, my buddy Bill. My buddy Bill's here. Bill and Mary are here from Mexico, just for us. But um, Bill, Bill voxered me this morning, and he goes, hey, Ralphie, I'm praying for you. You're going to hit a home run. You know, you're going to hit a home run, baby. You're going you're gonna to slam it out of the park today. And all week, people have been so kind and beautiful and gracious, and they're going... Ralph, this is, like, historic. This is monumental. This is, like, incredible. And, you know, like, all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, like, what I got to share isn't that big. It's not that big. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I felt like, like, you know, like me, if I'm Moses, I'm showing up. If I don't part the Red Sea today, I got to part the Red Sea today. <laughs> I'm going to be getting, like, the Olympic scorekeep, too, you know? But as I was praying, even this morning, I felt like the Lord said, guys, this is so subtle but so deep. This could be your takeaway. This is why you got up this morning, shaved, showered, drove. Here, kids, get ready. We're going to church. The performance mindset of trying to perform can kill you. It robs you. It comes on you. It comes on you. You don't even want to do it. Just idea where I have to perform to receive love, to be accepted. That, you know, I, I want to get all them high fives later. Great job, high five, awesome. <laughs> Performance comes on us. And it comes on us. And let me tell you, you're going to have to fight to say, get away from me, performance. Because ultimately, 
I am a father, and I know the heart of a good father who's God the Father. All he wants you to do is be yourself. And whatever you have to contribute and to give and to love, just don't come under performance because it ultimately robs you. And so in a way, it was very subtle. It was, very, it was just, I said, Lord, I'm not going to let performance try to rob this moment. So my buddy Bill says, Ralph, you're going to hit a home run. I get it, right? I, I, you know, I'm going to slam a grand slam today, actually. <laughs> but guess what I said to him? I said, Bill, the older you get, the older you get, you just want to get on base. <laughs> like... Like, a single is excellent. <laughs> a single is ex- I'm on first, man, you know? I'm going to be an RBI. I don't have to hit a home run. <laughs> but think about that for a minute. Now, I understand life. I understand work. I understand deadlines and goals. I get it. I worked for a company where I thrived with the, with the, you know, the incentive package and hitting targets and customer retention and quality and sales. But in the kingdom as a family, it'll crush you. It'll crush you. Just be who you are. Give what you got to give. Love God. Grow. But don't come under performance, all right? Okay. That has nothing to do with my message today. That was all free. That was all free. But years ago, years ago, Wanda and I determined something in our life. Wanda and I determined together that we were going to enjoy our relationship with God. We were going to enjoy our relationship with God because we had gone through some battles and we had had some things happen and we were young in this thing. And, you know, just so you know, there's that moment in someone's life where they just bow their knee and they say yes to Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. When you have that moment, whatever your journey is, whatever your life is, wherever you're going, whatever God is, 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 is good and he's teaching, he's revealing himself all over the globe. And it happened to us, and he reveals himself to us, and we said yes to Jesus. We bowed our knee. Jesus Christ is Lord. I'm giving you my life. Come and live. Have your way. Make, take things that are broken and make them whole, because that's what he does. And when we did that, we had gone through battles, and we determined a long time ago that we weren't going to get robbed of our life and this journey and this relationship with God and this relationship with Jesus Christ. And we had a little saying in the house because we, we were learning, we were growing, we didn't know nothing. And we'd look at each other, and you know, how many of you know without mothers and fathers and big brothers and sisters, that's how you grow. Yeah. You grow by sharing your life. And we said, you know what, the devil ain't got 50 cents in our life. It's a reality of warfare. This is a reality. You know, it says that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to earth to destroy the works of the devil. It says that things that were out of whack, things that were not in alignment, things that were stolen and lost, he came and he laid down his life. His blood was shed so we could be forgiven of sin. He gave his life so we could live. He gave his life so we could be restored to the Father. Jesus gave his life so we can enjoy our relationship with God. So you ain't got 50 cents here. God gave Jesus all authority in heaven and on earth, and Jesus gave all the authority to us. His sons, his daughters, his disciples, his followers. We get to live in the peace of God and the authority of God. John 10.10 is a life scripture for me, personally, for Wanda and I. John 10.10, 
The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. And Jesus declares why he came. I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. There is a beautiful picture here of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the Son of God coming to earth to give us life and more abundantly to experience the fullness of life. So say to me, Jesus gives life. Jesus is a life giver. He gives life. He does not rob. He gives life. He doesn't want to rob you of joy. He wants to fill you with joy. Ain't no mountain high enough. You know, ain't no one going to steal our joy. But I'm telling you, we had to have a core value. We had to have a determination. Because if you're not kind of intense about this thing... You can get robbed. Years can go by. You can lose yourself. You can lose that song of saying, I will build a firm foundation on the love of God. I will put my trust in you. It, it's not an easy journey. Don't misunderstand me for like, this isn't the real deal. You know, there are, there are battles and there are high things. There are peaks and valleys And through this whole journey, the one steadfast, concrete, sure thing was Jesus came to give me life. He didn't come to rob me of life. And we pressed into him, and we said, ain't no mountain high enough. No one's going to steal our joy. Jesus is a life giver. John 15, 5, I'm sorry, John 15, 15 is one of my favorite passages of Scripture because to me, this is the transformation This is the transformation scripture. Jesus says to his disciples, he says to you, when you put your faith in him, I no longer call you servants. One of the translations, I no longer call you slaves or servants. He says, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. From slave to friend. From servant who doesn't know the father's business to a friend. For everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. John 15, 15. If you are living and you are walking and breathing and you're trying to go through this life and, and, you, and you're supposed to, like, if you've even said yes or bowed your heart to Jesus in any way and you're not experiencing life and you don't know you're a friend, you know, there's words like, you know, travesty or or it's horrible because how could you be living not knowing that he said not ralph said jesus said no longer call you a servant call you a friend that's a major transformation um you're no longer under this dominion this power of darkness i've caught i've literally picked you up transferred you into the kingdom of my son we we went from we went from broken and lost to whole and adopted in the full inheritance of provision. And this is an amazing thing because what it does is it helps you see the world and see yourself through the love of a good God and a good father. I'm his friend. Whenever I was confused, I would go, no, I'm his friend. I'm his friend. He reveals, he makes things known to me. 
We can rejoice together. We can rejoice that we're saved and we're healed and we're delivered. From brokenness to wholeness. I have so many stories of the goodness of God revealing himself to me, taking me in a place of brokenness and revealing me himself to me, healing me and making me whole over and over again. Wanda and I have been married over 40 years. We've shared this journey. We've shared this experience. We're talking about this as a family at New Hope. I don't want to just read a book about God. I want to experience God. I can tell you that I got history with God. We got stories because we've experienced his goodness. You know, it says that goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. It will follow you all the days of your life. Jesus does not rob us from life. He fills us with life. He fills us with purpose. God is a good God. That's the message of transformation that I want to leave with you today. Steve said it. It's been, it's been, it's been a simple message but it's a transforming message. It's so funny when you're looking for profound things, you know, because the truth is the most profound things in the kingdom or teaching about kingdom life is did you love well and did you learn how to forgive? The most profound thing you will ever experience in transformation is did you learn how to love, which I'm going to get into, and then did you learn how to forgive others the same way you were forgiven? Because we could be going after stuff, but you don't, you don't master them two things. You don't know how to love well. You don't know how to forgive. You're going to live a full life. You master them two things. You know, all this cool stuff pops up on, on you know, whether it's Facebook or Instagram. And this one here kind of wrecked me when I first saw it. And it talks about re- what religion is versus sonship. And, and when I tell you, I've literally had, I've had experiences with God. And then one of, one of my stories would be, I meet a young man who's 25 years old, and I'm now 60 years old, and I don't want him to take two decades. I don't want, I'm telling you, it burns me. I don't want a young man to have to wait to 50, 25 years to know what sonship is, to know what it means to, to literally run into the arms of a good papa God and say, God, I messed up. Religion is religion. I promised Steve I would share no swear words today. (laughs) But I think it's okay to say religion sucks, period. Mic drop, bang. Religion is religion. Religion, literally, this is perfect. I messed up, my dad's going to kill me. That's religion. Falls under performance, not knowing your identity as a son or daughter, always trying to appease a God, trying to get close to a God who said, I've already done it. You put your faith in my son. The veil's been torn. I, I want a relationship with you. I want to do life with you. Sonship says, I messed up. I need to call my dad. Sonship is, I messed up. I, I got to call my dad. And honestly, it took me 20 years to get there. I was the first generation. Uh, you know, I, I came from some stuff. And it took me a while to get there. But man, I love now when I get there because if I'm, I run right, I, I, I run whatever, you know, God is real. God's not a distant God. I experience God. I could run right and jump on his lap and say, God, I messed up or I need your help or I'm in pain. I run to his arms. That's right. 
Religion, I messed up. My dad's going to kill me. Sonship says, I messed up. I need to call my dad. I need to call my dad. Howard, I want to go to Galatians 3.3. I'm knocking the sequence out just a hair. Galatians 3.3 has always been one of my favorite scriptures because if you don't know this, Paul the Apostle was dealing with religion. And he was dealing with a religious spirit. And sometimes what happens as you grow and you have faith and you're in a faith community, sometimes the religious spirits are the worst spirits. Because it's everybody pointing fingers at you, trying to tell you how to conform and be a good Christian and do this and do that. And and they want to give you 1,000 rules. And they're telling you, this is how you do it, this is how you do it. You don't do that, you don't do that, you don't do that. I can't believe you watch Survivor. You're an American Idol fan. Isn't that something evil? No, I don't think so, is it? I don't know. I didn't read a scripture about me and my wife loving Survivor. But man, it can get weird. It can get weird. It can get real weird. To be honest with you. I'm not going to slam the beautiful family that I love or the church that I love, but it can get a little weird. But you know what? God's got us grounded in something. Because Galatians 3.3 says, now God, I'm going to do two translations, but one of the translations is, you foolish Galatians! You fools! How foolish can you be after starting your new lives in the Spirit? Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Performing. I'm trying to do something to win approval to God who created me where I'm already approved by him. And you're on a spinning wheel of hamster wheel of trying, trying, trying to get somewhere where you're already there. And you're not even enjoying being there because you don't even know he loves you and he cares for you and he's for you and he's not against you and he lives in you and he's not a distant God. He loves you. He loves people. God so loved the world, he gave his son. John 3.16, John 3.17 says, he didn't send his son to condemn the world. The church can be a terrible witness of we want to condemn people. We don't want to condemn people. We want to give an invitation to life and to love. But you foolishness, how can you, what started out myself, my journey, if you don't know my story, my journey was I said yes to Jesus in a jail cell, confused, lost, and broken, didn't know what my future, and all I said was yes, he came in, he helped me, he guided me, he filled me, What makes me think that that new life that I received at that moment of of awakening for me, that I was somehow going to be able to perfect it or do it by myself? For almost 40 years, I've leaned into him, trusted him, and walked with him. God likes doing life with people. We like doing life with each other. He loves doing life with you. Now, the next version of the same scripture, when I tell you guys, if you were in our home, and whatever, 80, if you were not, 1991, you're in our home. This next word was the worst swear word of all. I'm going to share it right now with you. It was the worst swear word in our house in 1991. Put it up there. Stupid. Stupid. I don't know how you guys were, but like, when you got like a 12-year-old, 10-year-old, 8-year-old, 6-year-old, 4-year-old, the worst word in the house was hearing one of the kids call one of the other kids Stupid. Who knows why it was so intense? Because, but think about it. Think how ugly that word is. So degrading, right? You're stupid. 
you're worthless, you're an idiot. I mean, it was a swear word in our house. But I took a little liberty to share it with you today. Because you know when you're going through translations? Because part of this intensity is church of New Hope family. The, the, the thing here is, don't be stupid. How can you be so stupid? Do you think that by yourself you can complete what God's Spirit started in you? He who began the good work in you. He will perfect it. He will mature it. He will do it. Continue to yield to him. But, all the buts. No, there's no buts. You cannot do what God is doing in you. You cannot do it in your own strength. You can't do it through religion. You can't do it apart from him. John 15, 5. He says, abide in me. Remain in me. Make me your abode. You remain in me. I abide in you. This beautiful relationship Enjoy your relationship with God. Juan and I determined we were going to enjoy our friendship with God because he said, I'm his friend. I'm not his foe, his enemy. He's not against me. He's for me. When I mess up, I can run to him, not away from him. Easter Sunday, Chris Ball said something so, so cool. He said, ever notice when you're running away from God, boom, you bounce right into him. You, you end up running right into him. You can't run away from him. And he's revealing his love to you in so many ways. 1 Corinthians 13. This amazing passage of Scripture, this amazing passage of Scripture is not just for weddings. It's not a wedding invitation Scripture. It's a transformation life Scripture. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give my body over to hardship, that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. In summation, you can think you're doing a lot of amazing things and you do not have love, you're doing nothing. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 8. This is the agape love of the Father toward all people. Love is patient and love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Verse 8, love never fails. God is love and love never fails. God is love, and love never fails. Howard, go to 1 John 4. I'm throwing Howard a little curveball with the sequence, but he can keep up with me. He's amazing. If you ever need an anchor, you ever need that foundation to be secure, we heard this quote recently. I think, Steve, you shared it a few weeks ago. I think it was Eric Johnson. 
If your theology, the way you think and believe about God, causes you to hate people, you got a messed up theology. If your theology about God and life doesn't make you love people, I would question your theology. Because it means how you think, how you perceive, how you see God, and how you see that he sees you and others. Our theology is based in scripture because God is love. I have been accused over the years of loving too much. I've shared this before. You need to balance that out. No, you don't. God is love. 1 John 4, 8. Whoever does not love does not know God. This is the know of I've experienced the love of God because God is love. God so loved, God gave his son, Jesus gave his life, Jesus shed his blood. We believe that this whole message is about love. This whole message is about love. Our whole lives are going to be, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, did we know how to love? And did we love well? Mark, you and your team, I'm going to have you hand out. I have, Wanda and I have a small little gift, but it's something to remember us by. It's a bookmark. I like bookmarks. I love, I'm always, I don't know if you guys do this, but I'm always, I'm reading a book, I'm always looking for a bookmark. So everyone's going to get a bookmark right now, and then I'm going to show a video. And, and this video is something that moves me personally each and every time. I've shared it with a few people. And um, I love the message. You guys know that, like the Irish blessing? You know? This song is poetic. It was originally written by Bob Dylan. And then Bob Dylan and uh, Rod Stewart got together. And they, they did it. In, and what's beautiful about it is it's actually like a blessing and a prayer. The one line I want to I wanna tell you that kills me every time I watch it, and for those of you who know, I'm, I am a crier. I'll cry. <laughs> but for Wanda and I, Wanda's turning 60 in August. <laughs> and something happens when you turn 60. I'm just telling you, I don't know what it is. But like 50, 60 is like, whoa, breaks on. <laughs> and we happen to have dear friends here that we love who are already in their 60s. They've been telling us this for years. Like, wow, where'd the time go? I know it sounds so cliche, right? It sounds, Whitney and Sean and, right, I, you guys are young and they're married, like, embrace every moment. You know, ever do that with somebody with like two little kids? They want to pull their hair out. They're like, I don't even want to have kids. And you're like, no, slow it down. <laughs> embrace it, it's so beautiful. You're going to miss these days. And they're like, no, I don't think so. Yeah, you will. Promise me. <laughs> because all of a sudden you blink. All of a sudden you blink. We were over at Stephen Joy's house the other night. Stephen Joy have been married for 20 years. June 5th, 20 years for these guys. I remember it like it was yesterday. 20 years. So for Wanda and I, we're going to be forever young. We will be forever young. We're going to grab it by the horns. We're going to live it to the fullest. We're going to grab every moment. We, are, we, are, we have so many adventures and dreams. Before I play the video, you guys might not know this about us. I could have got crazy with pictures. 
But Wanda and I, a lot of people don't know that, Wanda and I met and fell in love in Rapid City, South Dakota, in the Black Hills of South Dakota. And we were, Wanda had an old Harley, I had a Harley. We were, we were adventurous, man. We were cruising. And we cruised down the Boulder, Colorado, Rocky Mountain National Park, and it was been a dream in our hearts. We're going to live in Colorado someday. We're going to live in Colorado someday. Someday we're going to live in Colorado. You know what happens? We, I love, I'm born and raised in Rochester, New York. This is my home. This is my family. Wanda's been here 40 years. Christopher's going to be 38 years old this August. We love Rochester. Who would have ever dreamed that the majority of our children and all our grandchildren were going to be living in Denver, Colorado? There are dreams that you have in your heart that are unfulfilled, maybe. Not unfulfilled. Yeah, well, they have not yet been fulfilled. They're, they're, they're unfulfilled dreams. It doesn't mean they're, but some, I'm telling you, this has been a dream and it's being fulfilled. So it's bittersweet, but we've been dreaming about this for years. At the end, I'm going to show a picture, but it's, if anybody's been to Aspen, Colorado, who knows the blue, uh, the, the, help me, the, the maroon, the maroon bells? We're going to be sitting there at our 60th birthday looking at this scenery. We've been dreaming about it for a long time. We're, we're, I'm going to be cruising my motorcycle and seeing, we're, we're going to be cruising our motorcycle. I'm going to be seeing things I've been dreaming about seeing for a long time. Yeah. We're going to be planted in new things. We're going to love people. We're going to enjoy life. We're going to pour into our children and grandchildren. We're going we're gonna to re, reunite some of the fire in us, too. You know, because we, we are forever young. So I'm going to play the video. We're going to land this airplane here in a minute. But enjoy this video, because I love it. Wada loves it. Forever young. Isn't that fun? So on the front, it has the words. On the back, it has 1 Corinthians 13. I pray that as you live your life, as we hand this, as we wind this down, that, that you know we will always carry you all in our hearts. Love, Ralph and Wanda. And I just want to close with the last thing is the transformed life, John 13, 34. John 13, 34. Jesus said, a new command I give you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. So the same way Jesus loved you is how you, how you are to love others. That is the profound kingdom revelation that God wants to reveal to all of us. Colossians 3, 12, 14, powerful scripture. Colossians 3, 12 through 14, it says, Put on then as God's chosen people, as his holy beloved people, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against you, forgive each other just as the Lord has forgiven you. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which you indeed were called to be one body. And be thankful. And be thankful. At the end of the day, bottom line, did you learn how to love well? 
What will you be known for in days ahead and years ahead? Did you learn to love well? Did you learn to do life together well? Can you have an enormous amount of grace for one another as you do life together? Because one of the realities that people don't know is everybody is working through something. Every one of us is working through something. Every one of us. And can, as people, can we have an enormous amount of grace for one another and for others? Because people are working through stuff. And just to have that agape, incredible, unconditional love that will guide you and anchor you in days ahead and days ahead. So that's our charge. That's, this is our moment. Wanda and I honestly, deeply love and appreciate every friendship, all the years. Words would be not fitting to even begin to describe the joy and the emotions. It is bittersweet, and our, our, our hearts are excited about our new journey. And thank you for celebrating with us today. Today is a celebration, and we're going to have everybody, please, everyone, come to the party in the park. We're going to have great food, great hugging, just talking being together as a family. Usually we would end the service and, you know, there's always that moment of like, you know, Holy Spirit's moving or whatever and please come up and receive prayer. I never want to uh, even minimize that. But today's a little different. I, I saw it almost, you know, I've done a lot of weddings where, you know, we got the recessional and everything is so somber and it's so beautiful. And what do they usually do at the procession, the, the, uh, the processional, the recessional, right? They play a funky fun song. And they depart, your husband and wife, while this planning, they celebrate, everybody's clapping. Okay, so Juan and I got a song. <laughs> we got a song. And I want you to put up that picture, Howard. We will be sitting right here. August 29th is Wanda's birthday. We'll be sitting right there soaking this in. And guess what? You will be in our hearts. We, I think of you all the time. We're going to be sitting right there, and Wanda and I have pictures of ourselves in Boulder, Colorado, at a concert, 1978, Joe Walsh and the Eagles, live, in person, so I could think of no better song. Wanda, come up here. Hit it, Howard. Wanda, a little air guitar with you and I, maybe. Watch this, I can do keyboard too. Always wanted to play the guitar. Thanks so much for joining us. If you'd like more information or additional resources, please check us out at newhopecom.org. Thanks and have a blessed week.